This morning, we're looking again at 2 Corinthians, um, as we have been for the rest of the summer series. And it's been really, really lovely to look at it. Um, the topic I've been given is generosity. That's not always quite such an easy one to stand up here and talk about. So I'll say right up front, it's not my area of expertise maybe, but you know, it, the thing is with generosity, it's something that we all want people to think that we're generous even if we're actually not, Um, you know, if we're being really honest with ourselves. And I think it's also something where we don't always see the things that we are being generous with and the things that we're not being generous with. It's an area where we tend to have blind spots. Um, Now, we can be generous with any resources that we've got. We can be generous with our time. We can be generous with our energy, with our money, with our skills plenty of other things. But this morning, I'm actually going to talk mainly about money, but don't the principles still apply to all the other things too? Um, I think the trouble is that being British, I don't like talking about money. (laughs) So I have, you know, this is what we're we're talking about this morning. Um, And it's not... um, you know, about the amount of money, it's not about the amount of anything. It's about the attitude that goes behind it that's important. Um, You know, are we being generous or are we actually just giving to look good and to make us feel good? It's the attitude behind us. I am very much not here to tell you what to do this morning. I am here to look at the passage, to see what Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, to remember that this is in our Bible because God says it still has something to speak to us today, and to then let you listen to what God is saying to you in your individual circumstances. Um, So I'm going to read the passage. I'm actually going to read it in two separate chunks, so don't be surprised if I stop partway through what I've said I'm going to read. Um, In the the NIV, it's been titled, Generosity Encouraged. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your hearts to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So verse 7, which hopefully she'll stay back on that screen. Thank you. Um, it says, give what you have decided. Paul came from a society, he was a, a devout Jew, where they were told, you must give this much of everything. You must give this percentage of this, this percentage goes to the church, this or to the synagogue, this, church, this amount of money goes to um, the Romans, this goes to this. Everything was very, very clearly defined. And yet Paul writes here, give what you have decided. 
This is between us and God. It's not about other people dictating to us. Because if other people dictate it, that's not a giving out of generosity, that's giving out of duty. It comes back to attitude. It's not somebody else's business, actually, what you choose to give. Um, but I also know that sometimes it is good to be accountable. It's good to have chat with other people. And I remember many years ago, someone coming to us and saying, actually, I just want to run through my finances with you. Um, just to be accountable. And we chatted through and prayed through those. And, you know, that was a one-off. It was perfectly appropriate for the scenario and the time. It was one of those things that actually it was healthy for that particular person at that point in time. Um, you know, I know I've done that myself. Obviously, being married, we tend to share what we're up to. Um, but actually, even before I was married, you know, there were times when I would give, and I wouldn't tell people this is what I'm giving, but I would still keep myself accountable to what I was doing, what my heart attitude was. When you give what you've decided, it's about doing it before God. And it says here, not reluctantly, but cheerfully. It's not about God twisting our arm to say, you've got to give this much. It's about us and God deciding together what we are ready to give. And it needs to be given as a free gift. This is not about repaying God but it's about being like God. God has given us so much. If we are going to be like him, we are also going to be generous. It also talks in here about sowing sparingly and that leads to reaping sparingly. I'm not a good gardener. Um, I don't really like it much. It just is one of those things. It's in the back of the house. Chris is brilliant at mowing the lawn. I enjoy sitting in it. Um, but I do understand that if you put loads of seeds in the ground, the chances are you're going to get quite a lot of plants up at the end. If you put only a few in, you're going to get quite a few, you know, very few plants. General principles of life. And this, obviously, in Paul's day, was very, very much more obvious. More people grew their own food. More people had grown up exactly seeing these are the seeds I have planted this is the bread we can now eat um, but what he's saying here that there is a law of proportionality that actually the, the more we sow into something the more rewards there are that come out the other end I'm not talking prosperity gospel before anybody suddenly rushes out the door and worries um, it is a law of nature but the thing is if we give money, say to a charity or to the church, it means that that charity can do more than they could if we only give them a little bit. It means that those results are much bigger. It doesn't mean that the person who gave it gains anything. It means that the more we sow, the more the results we see. Again, general principle, and we all know that sometimes that doesn't happen. You know, our farmers in this country are knowing that this year they have sown and they're not going to get as much back. But 
we know that the general thing, the more you sow, the more you sow into something, the more that comes back. And I think what Paul's talking about is investing in God's kingdom. Not so that we gain out of that, but so that God's kingdom grows. Are we being generous so that God's kingdom can come on this earth as in heaven? And it's all about trusting God as well, that he is going to bless, that he is going to do the increase. It's actually out of our hands once we've given. Once we've been generous, it's not something we can have control over. So in the second part of this passage, it says this service, and it's talking about giving and generosity, that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourself, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. We know from other parts of the New Testament that at times Paul supported himself and at other times the church supported him. It, it worked different times, different places. And Paul here is talking about um, actually supporting the church in different ways. Um, he's talking about gifts to God's people. That can be to the church. It can be to individuals. But what happens is that it leads to people giving thanks to God. So again, it's looking at actually this is how this plays out, this generosity plays out. So I've done some, as you do when you're preaching, done some thinking about what my motivation is <laughs> um, over this week. Because when you're speaking, you do spend a few weeks kind of with God knocking on, the, on your ear going, what's going on here? Um, so what is our motivation for giving? Is it to bless people? Um, and I think that's, that's often a big one. Often it's because it's something that's actually important to us. The person or the cause that we're giving to is important to us. And I think, as I hinted at earlier, as we become more and more like Jesus and we take on more of his characteristics, we will become more generous, as that is one of his characteristics. Um, are we investing in God's kingdom? I think it's a, a great thing to be investing in. Our time, our energy, our money. And seeing about that growth in God's kingdom. And there are rewards for these things. The parables that Jesus told are very clear on that. But the thing is, that's not about salvation. And I think often as Protestants, we've so pushed away the whole thing of rewards because we don't want to see it as being I have been saved by what I've done because we're not we are saved freely as God's gift but there is also rewards that God talks about that Jesus talks about plenty of times in the Bible it's not about salvation it's not about paying back any debt that we feel we have our salvation, our relationship with God was given as a free gift. Let's not insult the giver by trying to pay that back. And giving does not change our relationship to God. 
He loves us no matter what. But in being generous, we are being more like him. So is financial giving relevant today? And there's one last picture I've put up on here, which I really liked when I found it. Um, for those that can't see, it's a, a little jar of money, and out of it is coming a green shoot. And actually, it's really making that point that it's, if we give money, or if we give other things, we won't get back what we put in. It's something different. We invest money, we invest time, energy, and actually God's kingdom grows if we're giving it to somewhere that is, is God's kingdom-like. And, it, you know, I think, you know, being blunt, that actually money does help the church to do what the church wants to do. You know, we, as a church, as Abbey, we have some staff here that are paid staff. That means that they have that time to be able to do some of the things that they need to do so that all of us can worship together, so that all of us can reach out into the community together. We would be able to do less as a church if there wasn't some people who were actually here full-time or close to full-time or way over full-time. Um, and I think something we have to remember is that church is here to bring God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven it's to introduce people to Jesus this is the Jesus who loves them who died for them who wants to be reconciled who wants to be in relationship with all the people that are out there with all our friends our family with our neighborhood the money allows that time for people to sort stuff out, but it also provides the materials. You know, whether that is for doing stuff with our children's church, and I am fully aware that some Sunday school teachers do provide a lot of stuff themselves in being generous. Um, it also provides us with a building. And whether that's here or whether that's orchard on a Sunday morning. You know, this building is used so much to bless our community, to bring God's kingdom but it needs upkeep, it's old little bits of it are falling apart at the seams that financial giving, that financial generosity allows that to happen so that the community cafe can happen here, so that things like the wellbeing group can happen here so that other stuff can happen here that actually allows us as a church community, as a church family, to touch our local community. Is there any other organisation in the area that is deliberately seeking to bring God's kingdom to Hawfield and Lockleys? And I would say other than the church, no. Not as an aim. There are organisations, there are charities that are seeking to bring stuff that we can say that is kingdom work. But are they actually seeking to bring God's kingdom and bring people into relationship with the God who loves them? And no. So I think, yes, there's, there's loads of different stuff. And I was chatting with somebody the other day and I was trying to sort of explain some of this to them and she just turned around to me and she said yeah but 
when I give to a charity, I effectively ask someone else to do something that I think is important. So if I give to the 125 Project, I'm saying to them, here is some money so that you can do something with those that are trapped in sex work in our city, because I think that's important, and I think that's a loving thing to do. If I'm giving to church, I give so that we can do something together. I am resourcing us as a family to do stuff together in our community. It's different. It's a different mindset. And I, as she said it, it's like, yes, that's the difference. That's why I support my local church. And yes, I do support some other charities where effectively I'm doing exactly that. I'm saying, okay, can you go and do that for me, please? Because I think it's important. And I'm not saying don't do that, but that is a difference that actually as we give into our church, we're investing into our family to be able to go out and bring God's kingdom in this area. So, nice cheery summer message there for you all. But hopefully it's lots of bits to think about. And as I said right back at the beginning, it's not about um, somebody telling you. I am certainly not wanting to tell you what you should be doing with your time, with your money, with your energy, with your skills. But I am saying that God is asking us to be generous. And he's asking us to decide in our hearts what we will give. And then to give cheerfully.